Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. After talking with Fred Martin a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go meet with another Lyon legend, Jérémy Daclin. Jérémy has been skating for nearly four decades. In 1997, he founded Cliché Skateboards, one of the very first European board brands which found tremendous international success in the following years, showcasing some of Europe's most talented skaters such as Javier Mendizabal, Pantosalve, Gigi Rousseau or Luca Puig, to name a few. After two decades, Cliché was ended in 2016 and Jérémy decided to focus on another project, Film Trucks. So here's my conversation with Jérémy, I hope you'll enjoy it. Jeremy, thank you very much for seeing me today. Thank you for uh, having me in your office here at Film Trucks, right behind Wall Street Skate Shop. So you have a long history in skateboarding. Uh, you've been a very important figure for French skateboarding and European skateboarding. So it would take forever to go through your entire career. But uh, just to get us started, can you tell me a bit about how you started skateboarding? Uh, I think you grew up in Lyon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, can you tell me when and where you picked up a skateboard and how this whole adventure started for you? Hello at first and welcome in my office and in Lyon. So it's been a long time, <laughs> yeah. so I don't remember. No, but I think I started skateboarding like lots of people with some friends and someone show up with a skateboard and, uh, and we start playing with it. And uh, maybe I saw... Um, the first ollie or something like this and you you become uh, crazy about it and uh, yeah nothing uh, really special with it do you remember what year it was when you started was it uh, like in the 80s mid 80s around yeah, there yeah mid 80s uh, okay. something like 80 the thing is uh, in the 70s uh, skateboarding was really big in france but it yep. was all those plastic boards like uh, 70s oh, yeah, yeah. board and for sure i had one and i was doing downhill with some friends but uh, nothing special and and after in 84 or 85 i saw someone uh, or i just had my first board that i order in usa or something like this and wait for like four months to get <laughs> it and of yeah. course it was not the good board i received oh yeah or, okay but uh, yeah it was good fun for sure. So tell me about how you start started getting sponsors. I, uh, so I, I saw that you wrote for a few brands like New Deal, Tracker, Blockhead back in the day. Were these some of your very first sponsors uh, when you were a, a teenager? Uh, back in the days, it was, uh, I think, very different because internet was not uh, oh, yeah. in the game. Yeah. So to meet up people and to see new tricks and uh, it was all about traveling and the mm -hmm. main thing with traveling was all about contest so yep. i was doing all those contests but not really to do the contest more to get some friends see some tricks and after um like for example i had some good friends in um, in amsterdam like Clyde Semo. he's uh, he's dead now i'm very sad oh, but okay. uh, 
So I had lots of friends all over Europe. So I was traveling uh, here and there. And uh, uh, like everyone, I started to get sponsored by a sketch shop in, uh, in Lyon. It was uh, Alain Damidian uh, who had a sketch shop. It was not really a sketch shop. It was more like a, a surplus shop. Oh, yeah, with yeah. all the American uh, brands, brands like yeah. Fruit, Fruit of the Loom, stuff like this, oh, okay, and see, also yeah. skateboards. Okay. So and then I I get stuff from the distributor Jean-Marc mm -hmm. Vesset, oh, yeah, yeah. which is still in business. Uh, yeah, today. Yeah. Today in France, and mm -hmm. uh, he's doing like a really good job, and uh, yeah, and so he introduced me to some brands, and uh, and it's how it started. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's why for me, like uh, all those little sketch shops, distributor, all those links to the to the scene is very important because it's yeah. the way to get the writers to motivate the kids and get emulation in the in skateboarding. Yeah, it's a whole ecosystem. It's a whole ecosystem, yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. very in important. And it's why nowadays I'm still very, very into uh, pushing the sketchups and uh, yeah, doing yeah. stuff with them. And uh, yeah, because yeah, it's instead of selling direct to consumer, exactly, like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes sketchups are more like, uh, comment dit MJC. Oh yeah, like like a youth uh, house, uh, yeah, like some a sort. youth yeah. uh, house. So, so like kids a, show yeah. up, show up, and stay all afternoon. And yeah, right. we need those kind of stuff in SketchUp's, and also sure. we need kids to show up in SketchUp and dream with all the boards on the wall, and uh, instead of people behind the computers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're really um, cultural places uh, yeah, more yeah. than than just places where yeah, you yeah. buy a skateboard and just walk away. Yeah. So I think you. Did you turn pro for New Deal or Deathbox? I'm not sure which which company no, you it, had your first pro model. It for. was uh, it's funny because uh, with New Deal, uh, I felt like uh, kind of far away. The company was based in uh, in uh, United States, so it was kind of far away. And I met up uh, Jeremy Fox from uh, yeah from uh, now from Flip Skateboard, yeah. but back then it was Death um, Deathbox Deathbox, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so I felt it was closer to me and more interesting for me because I can I can have more connection to them, and uh, so I start writing for them, and he yeah he make me uh, two or three pro model back then. But it was really the pro model from back then. I had no money. Even yeah. uh, even it was hard to get a few model of my own pro model. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but but it was uh, yeah. Skateboarding was really really small back yeah. then, and uh, yeah, and it was good to be part of something like Flip Skateboard, who become like one of the the main yeah. uh, big in, players. Yeah, yeah, big players from 2000. Mm -hmm. So you were writing for these um, American brands for a little bit. And I understand that, um, like, for example, for Deathbox or for New Deal, uh, a filmer would come from the U.S. and film with you just for a day or so. And that would be your entire video part, basically. And I understand that it was uh, you were a bit frustrated with that system of relying on the U.S. brands or, or not having as much coverage as American writers, for example. Uh, was that kind of what uh, sparked the idea for you to, to uh, build a brand uh, in France and in Europe and, and kind of create a whole scene out here? Yeah, as a writer, I, I saw that uh, back then to be in the game with skateboarding, you had to go to USA and it was, it was all about uh, being in the US. And even uh, if you were like super good, 
you had to go there and it, it's what uh, Deskbox understand as well and they moved over there that's right and, yeah um, you had to go every every six months over there or you have to settle over there and it's yeah. like lots of people did like uh, shiny jangnan or lots of oh, people yeah, yeah. Uh, like this lots of european like this did did yeah. that Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, skateboarding was more uh, worldwide and uh, skateboarding was everywhere. And um, and before Cliché, I had a skate shop. That's and, right. Yeah. All access. Saw, right. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that all the stuff that we were selling, it was from uh, American brands. And we were uh, we were skateboarding, but all the money we were making and uh, involved in skateboarding was going back to the U.S. Yeah. So I thought, like, why not doing something in Europe so we can get uh, our money back and do our own things and have uh, your own industry. Yeah, have yeah. our own industry. And uh, were there any board brands in France or in Europe that you know of at that time before you started Cliche? Uh, very little project, and um, but back then skateboarding was really, really small. And also, I had to start working because back back then, I was kind of pro, but yep. I was not not making any money out of skateboarding. Yeah. So that's why I started uh, the skate shop. The skate shop, right. and uh, with a partner, and I, it was not so great with this partner. So I start. I think okay, uh, why not doing something by my own? And uh, so I think about this, and uh, yeah, slowly by slowly, it started like that. Okay. I think you've told this story before, but uh, what was uh, the? Um, why did you call it cliche? Basically, why, why cliche and not something Because, else? Because uh, in the word cliche, you have a comma, and you don't have some uh, in English, so it, yep. it was showing a difference. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, cliche means in France. Uh, in French, means uh, taking a picture and. Uh, yep. Now it's not really true no more, but back then, being a really good skateboarder, you had to be really close to a good photographer. And it was like a couple, like a good photographer and a good skater. Yeah. And I was, I always had really close uh, relationship with some photographers and everything. And so that's why uh, I, it was uh, meaning really something. Mm -hmm. It was the link with photography and also the difference between uh, like Europe and America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you started Cliché, did you still have the skate shop and were you still writing no, 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 for I, the other I, brands? Or? No, no. I, I, uh, oh, you, stopped, you quit everything yeah, and started yeah, to, yeah. to focus just on Cliché. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that was in 97, right? Yeah. And it was um, a good experience to have a skate shop. So I knew what was... Yeah how SketchUp were working and what was their need and uh, sure. yeah. No, you built uh, all that experience basically to yeah. and used it all to create yeah, yeah. cliche and... Uh, but uh, in 97 you had to, it was mostly sending faxes yeah. to SketchUp's to show yeah. your stock list and calling them and you had to go to trade shows yeah. to show the product and... Uh, yeah, it was a hustle. It was, it yeah. was different. Mm -hmm. Funny too, but different. Yeah, yeah, definitely compared to, to today. It's, yeah, uh, today yeah. it's like sending emails. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Very different. Yeah. So you started Cliché and I, I understand that for the first few years you were pretty much on your own running the whole company, right? You didn't have any like business partners. Uh, did, did you have someone managing the team or doing other stuff for the company or were you was it just a one-man operation basically? no i was pretty much doing everything by my by my own 
so you filmed the first uh, cliché video, Europa, and I think shortly after that uh, you had uh, Eric Frenet come on board. Uh, I'm not sure if it's right right after that or with, within the same because time frame. Because the thing it was uh, growing very fast, but yeah. because I was on my own, I didn't have enough money to buy enough stock for all the orders I had. Okay. So I was pretty much looking for investors. Yeah. So some people show up and uh, introducing by a friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the Salomon, Salomon. People. Yeah, Salomon yeah, yeah. people. And uh, they were um, pretty nice. And uh, they said, okay, you can keep doing what you're doing and uh, keep the same freedom, basically. Keep the same freedom, stay in Lyon, do whatever you want, uh, pick yeah. up uh, who you want. So I said, okay, let's go. And so uh, I start paying people. And uh, I think it was pretty much also I was the first one to give a photo incentive to riders. Yeah. I was the first one to pay Euro riders as well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I hired um, Eric Frenet. Uh, He was the, the artistic director, yeah, right? Graphic yeah, graphic designer. That's and right. he's still yeah. now... Uh, I'm still now working with him. Okay, for film, yeah. For film trucks, and he's doing stuff for uh, Primitive as well. Oh, okay. For other brands as well. Okay. I hire uh, Ben Duren as well yep. as a team manager and also filmer mm -hmm. because uh, filming was uh, the main uh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, back then. Sure. And I also hire uh, Al Boglio. That's right, okay. To work with us and, uh, yeah. So it's What was uh, Al's uh, role basically uh, within Cliché? In fact, I made a tour with him with Mike O'Mealy. Uh, oh yeah. I, I made a Volcom tour because I was riding for Volcom and I was driving the van and doing like a tour. Mm -hmm. And we saw them on tour and they jumped with us in the van. And so we had like a tour and I, I become friend and everything. And um, he had also a skateboard company in Australia. It was a time, yeah. time skateboard. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, they went bankrupt. Oh, okay. And he had some French family. And so he was touring in, uh, in France uh, without job. And, uh, and yeah, so I needed people to work with me. And uh, I said, yeah, come to Lyon and... Uh, Help out. What about working with uh, with me and uh, mm -hmm. yeah? But at the beginning we were pretty much doing everything and it, because it was lots of work and uh, so we were packing and doing everything you know, yeah. all together and uh, yeah. All right, so so we won't go too much in detail about cliche because you you've already talked about cliche in different uh, interviews and stuff. But uh, just to go through some of the like uh, important uh, dates, uh, I, I'd just be curious to know uh, when uh, if if you want to tell me about this when, when you met with Luca Puig because he came he became an essential part of cliche. And I remember the first time I saw him skating was in Europa. In the at the very end, he has this like trick on the Créteil blocks uh, right after before Gigi Rousseau. When did you meet with him and when did he start writing for Cliché? In fact, getting some writers back then, it was kind of crazy because uh, no one in Europe really know, knew how to film. Nowadays, every skater knows how to film because they're filming for yeah. Instagram and everything. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And uh, back then, it was like someone can be super good, and but he had to put effort in a video part and... Uh, 
So um, I had to pick up so many riders, and but some were good for filming and some were not good for filming. And uh, it was the, a, a long learning process. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, Lucas was one of those talent. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I met him through Gigi Russo. Okay. And uh, the process was long by uh, taking him on tours and yeah. Yeah, slowly by slowly, uh, yeah, filming with him and uh, yeah. So he was very But young when you met well, him, like yeah, of 14 course. around yeah, there? And, yeah, uh, of course. And he, there's a law in France that you had to go to school before, uh, yeah. you can't quit school before 16. Yeah, that's right. So he was already going <laughs> on tour with us. And, yeah. Uh, Skipping school. Skipping yeah. school. So I had to make him uh, to do his homework. <laughs> and uh, I was the only one with cell phone. So his oh, yeah. mom was calling me and uh, wow. every day. But yeah, it was one of those uh, very good human. And uh, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, he's, uh, he's one of the, the dude I can go on tours and be very happy with it. And he's more than talented. He's yeah. also like a very good human. Yeah, yeah, he looks, I, I don't know him, but he looks like a great dude for yeah. sure. Yeah, an amazing skateboarder still today. Uh, we, we just yeah, talked yeah. about him earlier. He's uh, killing it out there in California right now. All right, so I'd just be interested also in asking you about this project uh, called Link Footwear, which happened, I, I think, within the next few years after Europa and everything. So early 2000s. Um, So it was basically a, a, a new shoe uh, brand out of Salomon and Cliché, uh, but that lasted for just a couple of years before it, it was ended. Uh, can you tell me about that whole project? Uh, it was the, project? Um, the only thing that Salomon wanted from us because the shoe business was going crazy back then and they really wanted to start a shoe company. Mm -hmm. But that was mainly Al project. He was oh, okay. mainly on this, working on that. And uh, okay. I was the one more on cliche and also uh, taking care of a link. But yep. he was the one more on link uh, footwear. Okay. So it, we worked with them and uh, yeah, we make some projection. And But it's a shoe business. It's a really tough business. Yeah. And uh, And after a few years of development, and uh, yeah, it was not really working the way they wanted, so they they, they shut just, it down. Yeah, they shut it down. Mm -hmm. So that's all all within the same years. But then Fred, Fred Martin uh, took uh, Ben's spot basically as a filmer, and you made um, uh, he made, but with you uh, the second cliche video, Bon Appetit. Eventually, a few years later, you got this award uh, at the Trans World uh, Awards in the U.S. You got the best team. Uh, that must have been uh, an interesting experience and a, a great recognition of all the work you had been doing for the last 10 years uh, developing cliche. Can you tell me just about that night when you got the prize? Uh, and, uh... and But yeah, before uh, by uh, French Fred, he, he had pretty much the same uh, feeling as me. He really wanted to go back home and develop. That's right, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So I had uh, enough money to hire someone. So yep. we were working on the same way. So we said, okay, let's do something together. So it was a great moment and we had a, it was a, a great video. And uh, also in the early 2000, it was really the boom of uh, Euro skateboarding. Everybody was coming to Barcelona, to right. Lyon, to Paris. And it was really, I think, all the people and thought that we were the cousin from, uh, from Europe. So it was, we had like a great relationship with lots of riders, lots of brands and everything. 
And uh, yeah, back then in 2006, uh, Transworld was the main media back then, mm -hmm. way bigger than Trasher. Yeah. And yeah, this election was uh, based on uh, Riders Poll. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we were elected the best team in uh, 2006. So it was one of the best uh, award. Uh, yeah. So we were really happy with it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. Oh, it must have been a cool, um, yeah, cool. Yeah, it basically. was also <laughs> cool to open the door uh, because it was the first ever Euro company to have this prize. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. In a way, it opened the doors to uh, Polar and Magenta and That's all those right. brands. And uh, yeah. And uh, was that the same year that um, Joey Brzezinski got on the team or was that after? I'm not sure exactly. Pretty much the same time. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Joey Brzezinski uh, joined the team and uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, good a good fun as well. Yeah. And he was the first U.S. writer before yeah, 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 uh, before yeah. him. There were there were only well, I was going to say European, but there was also people from Australia and yeah, yeah. other parts. But uh, but yeah, it was the first U yeah, yeah. U.S. writer. But Back then, it was not really about being from somewhere. It was yeah. just being like a, a good, good person, good, good skater, person, good skateboarder, and mm -hmm. also in cliche, I really wanted uh, to be all type of skateboarding. For me, it was yeah. not about uh, tech uh, ledges. Uh, it was that's why we had like uh, Javier Mendizabal doing transition, yeah, transition skating, yeah, yeah. And Lucas uh, doing tech skating. Uh, it yeah. was more about the same spirit and the same passion for skateboarding and uh, yeah but with diversity in exactly, the skating the yeah. spots the yeah. the styles yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's so why it was kind of a, it may make it more spicy and more interesting yeah, yeah yeah for sure and so dwindle bought cliche from salomon in uh, 2009 around there can you tell me about that time what was the um, because the, move, the, the thing is uh, salomon was not doing really good back then and okay. they wanted to get rid of few brands oh, okay and uh, we were uh, not in their um, head strategy uh, uh, headquarter as well we were far away so it was easier for them to so they try to find out the solution and uh, we decide to look on our side to find a solution to sell the, the brand also. Okay. And uh, Al knew some people at Dwindle and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he, they wanted to get involved in Euro skateboarding and uh, yeah, it, how it happened. Okay. That was in 2009, but cliche ended a bit after that, but like tw in 2016, 2017, I'm not sure of the year exactly. But uh, did it change uh, a lot of your organization being uh, within the Dwindle organization or did, was it pretty much the same? You were no, saying? it was pretty much the same because they always wanted to, they had a headquarter in California, but they wanted us to stay in, uh, in Europe and uh, they didn't want to change anything on cliche. So... Um, they let us do what we wanted and uh, Bud Ball was a uh, was a good <laughs> a good boss and uh, yeah okay so can you tell me about ending cliche uh why did it end basically and uh yeah what, what were the what was the process basically that led to it um ending in 2016 or 2017 I think they had a few problems and they had to quit some brands and so we were the last brand uh, in so oh, so did, first brand out yeah yeah first brand out but they were kind of um, really nice they wanted us to buy the the brand but uh, it was uh, not really our plans and uh, they pay every writers they all um, contract and they left they let us some uh, sometimes to land on your feet to, basically yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, how it happened. It must have been difficult, uh, especially for you, like ending a company that you had put your blood and sweat and tears into yeah. for the last 20 years. It must have been quite a difficult process. But, of course, uh, like yeah. it was 20 years, but uh, it was 20 good years. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. There's something with the 20th anniversary and skate brands. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, c'est la vie and uh, yeah, there's a new project going on. And, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. started I think film trucks back in 2000 you created the brand but you didn't uh, like put much effort, effort into yeah. it yeah until uh, 2018 around there how was that transition between the end of cliche and and focusing uh, again on uh, film trucks after the end of cliche I just uh, think okay what can I do now can I yeah knock on the door of big companies like sure. shoe companies or stuff like this but i didn't really want to have like a, a boss a boss <laughs> or something so i said okay let's try to keep going on doing uh, your own thing doing my own thing and everything and uh yeah and um i'm always uh, been interesting in uh, truck geometry and ch and trucks gimmicks and stuff like this and trucks is the hardest part of uh, uh board setup yeah. of a board setup to create and uh that's why there's not so many brands of yeah. uh, of trucks and uh yeah, so i start working on this and it took me like one or two years of uh, developing testing, yeah. development and And stuff like this and uh, yeah I started mm -hmm. I read in some interviews that you did uh, that it, it is quite expensive to start a truck uh, manufacturing company because you have to have molds right to create the first trucks and stuff and and each mold is like a, a few thousand dollars exactly, or something yeah so it's like a, a big investment to uh, begin with but yeah so, so you started again film trucks in 2018 Can you tell me about the beginning and how you approach it kind of like a board brand uh, using all that experience that you had with Cliché and you're pretty much doing the same thing but with trucks nowadays so yeah it's pretty much the same as uh, as Cliché because I'm based in Europe so there's no people between me and the shop so mm -hmm. trucks are pretty much the same as other brands but they are cheaper yeah yeah and uh, also i have like a more like a close marketing because i'm based in europe so i can uh, travel and do tours uh, yeah um, yeah so i really wanted to make it like a more like a board board brand approach like doing more like collabs with artists and lots of colorways and lots of stuff like this so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You have uh, a big team, actually. Yesterday, I watched uh, on the website. There seems to be a, a few people that are like the main pros, so to speak. We mentioned earlier Tom uh, Batwid, uh, Leo Valls, and uh, Victor Cascarini, who recently released this part uh, with the ramen bowl. Whole yeah, get a, thing. his own colorway. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you sponsor only European writers at this point, or do you have any writers from outside of Europe? No, no, no. I have people uh, all over the world. I have oh, uh, okay. some writers in Japan. I also have some people in the US, like uh, Ben Couple. And That's some, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Surfer, it's his Instagram name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like, uh, it's, it's not about uh, where they come from. It's more about their yeah. passion for skateboarding. And uh, yeah. 
Can you tell me a bit about the trucks themselves, like uh, how how you designed them? Uh, I understand that like the base plate is designed on a uh, parking block and that you also put under the base plate, you uh, indicate the size of the trucks. So it's easier for the consumer and also the skate shop to know which size it is so they can sell it better. Can you tell me a bit of like basically the main uh, features of the, of the trucks that you manufacture? Yeah, it's a long. Uh, yeah, there's a long <laughs> explanation. A few, but yeah, uh, for example, the the base plate is uh, based on a parking block. That's why those uh, angles are cuts. Yeah. Okay. And uh, because uh, parking blocks is where skateboarding started, pretty much, and mm -hmm. it's where we are still uh, having fun. Yep. For example, on the base plate, and also I use some uh, the golden uh, ratio. Yes, I, I, well. I read about that, but I wasn't too sure what it is. It This seems is, com complicated. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's just to bring some funny stuff in it. But like those uh, lines are based on this uh, on this ratio. Okay. And also, I had a little logo uh, under the hanger yep. uh, of the golden ratio here. Like you can see through oh, the yeah, base yeah. plate. Okay. And it's, oh, you really you need to know that is there. Yeah, yeah but okay. it's uh, all those little details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we when you design the whole uh, process, you can do whatever you want. So sure. it's, you can it's better to bring some uh, funny things yeah, in it. And, sure. Um, but everything had a had a sense. Like for example, uh, this part is like uh, designed smaller because when you slide, it doesn't grind on the curb. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You really thought it through and tried and, to design. Uh, yeah, a... the kin pin is really low to have lots of clearance here, and uh, yeah, it, okay. there's lots of little uh, stuff in it, and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I've been thinking of all those little details for uh, many <laughs> years, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy with the result. Mm -hmm. And what what about the pro model trucks? Do the riders ask you for details like this, or do you usually have a kind of a standard truck that you use, and then you can do some adjustments with the colors or or different things? But uh... no, it's all about uh, colorway more. Okay. And about yeah. the special design and uh, like for example uh, with uh, yellow yeah. Fred uh, Santos, I had like a logo on the base plate here. And, okay. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I can add some lots of little details of, uh, of uh, colorway and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But touching the mold by itself, it's like too expensive and uh, you can't really do yeah. something in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be too expensive to develop a whole yeah, yeah, new yeah. truck for, yeah, uh, for, for a colorway or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. You mentioned that you do collabs with artists. Uh, I saw that you did one not too long ago with Ed Banger uh, Records. Yeah. Can you tell me about some of the collabs you've had or some that you're uh, working on right now? Uh, some of the artists? Like, you've, for uh, example, I did some with Foz. Oh, yeah, yeah. The heroin guy? Heroin yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did some with uh, many, many people, like with Blast in uh, the board company okay, in, yeah. in England. Mm -hmm. I did, yeah, many, many. And also I did some colorways with some writers and... Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. But it's uh, it's always fun to do those kind of stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Aside from film, you also have uh, developed a wheel brand called Bonjour uh, Urethane. I'm not sure yeah, how to say that in English. Yeah, this is the really beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also into the wild skateboards, which seems to be at this point, from what I understood, more of a passion project than a serious board brand. 
in the sense that you're doing models for legendary pros like Eric Dressen or Pierre-André Saint-Isaac, people like that. You did collabs with um, artists like Fernando Elvira, who you worked with at Cliché, or Phil Morgan, uh, Javier Mendizabal, former uh, Cliché writer. Can you tell me about those both brands, uh, how, how you approach them? Do you do... For do you... Into the Wild, I did stuff with uh, Pontus Alve, okay. and, yeah, with Brian Lotti as well. And this is all started because uh, we are uh, skating like a special way and we need some special boards like Shape It board and with some, uh, some with Sleek, some Will Well and some stuff like this. They were really hard to find, so I started doing my own boards, but blank. And slowly by slowly, I thought, yeah, why not doing stuff with some friend, adding like a nice graphic on it. And uh, yeah, it's how it started. And uh, this brand is more to give uh, free boards to my friend. And it's more yep. a friend by friend for friends. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's more uh, only like uh, artists that I know that doing the graphics. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's more fun stuff. And it's very limited uh, quantities of boards. And uh, Do you want to keep it that way or do you want to develop it no, more? No, no, I really want to keep it slow okay. and mellow and it's more and I really want to have some really like quality boards with a lot yeah. of detail, like your prints on the side and uh, mm -hmm. really, yeah. Bring the same um, detail than you do with trucks, with yeah. film trucks to the boards. Yeah, yeah like okay. really quality stuff and uh, yeah. yeah. But then limited quantities then, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. I understand. I did, I did some board with guns as well. And, okay, uh, yeah. And recently I did one with uh, Pierre-André Zenizergue. Yeah, yeah. Because he was uh, one of the first uh, international pro, French That's right, pro, yeah. mm -hmm. riding for one of those uh, big companies uh, back then, uh, Sim Skateboard. And no one really know about it, and because it's too long ago, and uh, yeah, 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 but it's good to bring back those uh, stuff, and uh, yeah, lots of funny, funny boards and nice boards, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the projects that you're working on right now with all those brands, basically? I'm sure you have like uh, maybe some travels you're gonna do, new videos, new content. I'm just with the back writers. from Barcelona for That's a, like, right, yeah. a little uh, short skate trip with uh, Yellow Year because he's going to have his colorway. Oh, nice. And he's also having his own uh, pant company. So into the, the trucks, a free label is coming. When you buy the truck, you have a free label that you can iron on uh, oh, okay, your, nice. your pants or everything. Yeah, good idea. And, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, he, he, we went over in Barcelona. He showed us his uh, warehouse and the way he's working on pants. And uh, we skated together. And so we're working on a clip, uh, like a five-minute clip on this. And uh, yeah, I'm also working on a, on a friend. Uh, SketchUp tour as well for this summer. I'm oh, going nice, to yeah. bring it the the good old way and uh, mm -hmm. get some riders in the van and yeah. uh, go from one shop to the other to see everyone and say Do you hello. Do like signings, demos, kind of? Not stuff? really signing, not really okay. demos. Just one day of uh, going to the store and the day okay. after skating the city and. Uh, okay, okay. So hanging out with the the people from the, the store. And, uh, yeah, the, the back, local back skate to scene. the roots of, uh, of uh, skateboarding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. To go back to skating in itself, uh, we talked about it a bit when I got here. Um, you've been skating for a long time now. It looks like you skate pretty much every day. How do you keep uh, the motivation? How do you take care of yourself basically to keep skating every day? Because I'm sure it m there, you must have some hard days sometimes when you when you slam and stuff. 
we talked about slappies it's obviously a way of skating where you don't have as much impact so that probably helps but uh yeah can you tell me about how you approach skating now in this uh, period of your life yeah i don't really have uh, something special i'm uh, i'm french so i drink wine and, uh, <laughs> like good food and yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah i try to skate every day because it's uh what i like to to do and uh, why i why i wake up every day and mm -hmm. uh Yeah, and the thing is, uh, when I was 20, I was doing big, big jump and big rails and big yep. stuff. And slowly by slowly, your your body is getting old, and uh, you can't skate the same way as before. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to accept that. And yeah. but also skateboarding, it's about learning new tricks and doing new stuff. So yeah. there's many ways to learn new tricks and do new tricks. So mm -hmm. yeah, a few years. Uh, ago we started skating slappies and uh, yeah it's pretty fun and uh, it's uh, some great feeling and yeah you can relearn some tricks learn some tricks and uh, yeah it's all about uh, being with your friends and having fun like you know, on a small uh, concrete ledge so it's, yeah uh, yeah it's good I think a few years ago you even traveled to California just to skate some like little curbs or like exactly uh, yeah. yeah we were every like uh, three or four years in a row we were uh, with some friends we went like two weeks in California skating some uh, red curbs and yeah. uh, meeting some uh, people over there like uh, Chris Pastras and oh, all yeah, those yeah. dudes and uh, He's uh, heavily into slappies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, mm -hmm. there's uh, people over the all over the world. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You good. started a movement. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, but it's yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's good because uh, the good thing with skateboarding, uh, it's not about uh, the level. It's not you're not fighting with someone else. It's it's all about yourself yeah. and pushing yourself and trying to do new and uh, yeah, learn and, new yeah, tricks as you said. Learn new tricks and it's so So it's not about the level even like a beginner is fighting again himself yeah so you can be super good but still slamming and still uh, fighting to do your trick so that's why it's it's uh, it's make it fun and make it uh, hard as well but fun too mm -hmm. yeah it looks like skating is now accessible for everybody at any age uh whereas when i started skating in 2000 it looked like skating was pretty much within i don't know 10 11 years old until 30 maybe 35 but after that you were kind of done and now it looks like you can like you you're an example that you can skate skate in your uh, almost 50s and really have fun or even tony hawk well he's he's on a yeah. different type of skating of course but uh he's a demonstration that you can skate at a very high level and have fun and not do 900s anymore but still do some some really interesting tricks and stuff so yeah that's really inspirational yeah, i think lots of people are pushing the limit like uh, lance mountain and all yeah. those dudes as well mark gonzalez and yeah. all those people and you can and we try to have fun as long as possible and yeah. as long as you as uh, your knee let you skate yeah. or your back or uh, exactly but, uh, yeah it's also fun to be uh, on a skate spot with uh, someone of uh, 15 years old or uh, yeah. 20 years old and you're 50 or yeah that's actually something i wanted to ask you about being with uh, all these kids basically that are skating for film how is it nowadays because when you were doing cliche you were in like your late 20s 30s and stuff and still pro but now how, how is it uh, traveling with people that are sometimes like 15 16 and 
at first I want to say that I'm not nostalgic of the 90s or sure, the, no, no, of I'm course. really I'm, I think nowadays kids are better than before and uh, skateboarding it's uh, is better now because now it's before it was only one way now it's like yeah. a million ways and sure. you can do slappies you can do Olympic games you can do uh, concrete you can do freestyle as well mm. or you can do <laughs> downhill and uh, now skateboarding is way more open-minded yeah but yeah what i also um i think as long as you show the way you can ask people i mean as a because i've been team manager for a long time yeah and as long as you're skating uh you can ask your rider to wake up and go skate yeah you have shoot pictures yeah. so you, because you're skating you have the credibility that's right exactly and yeah. uh, because if you drink and uh and smoke uh, yeah. pot all day long and you sit on your chair all day long you can't really ask riders yeah. go uh, jump on this rail uh, yeah. do this trick but mm -hmm. as long as you're skating and you put passion in it and you make effort to do it you can ask the riders and riders understand then it's uh, it's like their job basically yeah, yeah. yeah. Back then or nowadays, as long as I'm still skating, I, I feel confident in uh, being uh, like a team manager, managing some like a team or yep. uh, going on tour with the riders because we have the same passion for uh, skateboarding. Mm -hmm. But as long as you are not skating no more and you have other passion or you can't really... And that's that's the same for everything. I mean, you, to ask someone something, you have to be able to do it or, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very last question on film. I was just interested in knowing... So you said you want to, to sell as much as possible in skate shops. So I, I assume in France that you must distribute directly to uh, skate shops skate as much shops, as possible. Yeah, of course. Uh, how do you do it with the other countries? Like, do you sell with via distributors in the US or yeah, elsewhere? I go uh, in other countries. I go with uh, historical uh, distributors. Okay. For example, in the US, I go with Eastern Supplies. Yeah. And also another distributor who does only Euro product. Okay. Which is uh, Euro things. And for other countries, in Japan, I use like the same distributor as Soltec. In Belgium, I use Jean-Jacques Distribution. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's in every country. Some distributors distribute straight to shops, or uh, but I, I use the old-fashioned way and go through distributors. Okay. Do you also sell a bit di direct to consumer? Like if, if I wanted to buy uh, some trucks on your website, can I do that? And yeah, I started okay. this not long, not so long ago, but okay. I don't really push it because yeah. I don't want to be like a Sh short circuit the yeah, sketch shop. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. prefer uh, people buy through sketch shops and yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, help um, the whole scene, yeah, basically, yeah. the skate shop, yeah. the brands. and Of uh, course, it's nowadays a business model, but it's not really the one I'm pushing really hard. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. this is a question I try to end the interviews with. Uh, it's basically, what is like the best lesson or the most precious thing that you've learned from skateboarding? I mean, I don't know, but uh, try to follow your dreams and do what you want to make your life interesting. I mean, uh, yeah. I read somewhere that you said that you, uh, I'm not sure, I think it was in that Jenkim interview you did not very long ago. You said that you pretty much never applied for a job or, or sent a resume. Uh, exactly. Is that true? Yeah. 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 So your entire adult life, you always uh, were your own boss, basically, and, and were able pretty to much, work in the yeah. skate industry. 
and uh, also I always uh, kind of worked on the skateboard industry and yeah uh, as well as being a pro you mean yeah yeah, 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 yeah. of course yeah you were always involved so, in uh, the projects yeah but uh, maybe one day I'd have to but yeah uh, go work in a bank or something yeah. <laughs> well hopefully but, not not too uh, not too anytime soon yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I have a few questions. Some of them are written, uh, the, per okay. the per people send them, uh, and some others are audio. So I'll, I'll read you the first ones. Okay. All right, so this one is from Jan Cliver. He says, ask him about the time when he thought sabotaging the first Tortilla Jam, which was a SIG competition format around 2000 that America held, inviting the European scene and going around actual spots in the city in a double-decker for best tricks sessions. So sabotaging that first tortilla jam in Barcelona was a cool anti-corporate punk move. As some sort of patron saints of localism, I think Jeremy and the team had discovered the skating mecca maybe about a year ahead of the curve. Jeremy, Alexis Avialov, and maybe a few others spilled oil on the Macba ledges in order to keep them free from fellow tourist Euro skaters and alleged commercial skate events. It's pretty funny in hindsight, but I remember being super pissed at the time, not being able to properly skate the ledges. It was still a fun session in the end, though. Do you remember uh, what he's referring to? Or? Of yeah. course, of yeah. course. As being a skateboarder, in a way, you had to be a punk as well. Mm -hmm. But back then, uh, the story is uh, Alexis Avialov was living in Barcelona for a few years. Mm -hmm. And as I told you, he was a, a photographer. And as I told you, I had really close uh, relationship yep. to photographers. So he, so he was really my friend. And before he was living in Lyon in my studio in the, in the cliche office and everything mm -hmm. for a mm -hmm. few years. Anyway, he told me, yeah, uh, some uh, people are going to show up and fucked up. Uh, all those kids are going to come <laughs> to the spots. And then after it's going to be impossible to skate. And uh, those competitions think they're going to skate parks. And this is street and you have to respect the streets and leave it clean yeah. and leave it... Uh, respect the pedestrian and everything and mm -hmm. uh, that was the beginning of Barcelona and uh, it was really going crazy and wild and yeah but at night we buy we bought like a big bottle of, uh, of oil <laughs> and throw it on the landing of the on the, oh, the, on the, the big, big uh, yeah, yeah, on the, the long ledge of uh, Magba. Um, of Magba but mm -hmm. uh, yeah that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, because back then they were coming to spots putting like big stickers all over and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and we were more defending like uh, pure street skating and raw, raw street skating and uh, yeah I see that was nothing to do with like contest or anything like this and uh, mm. Yeah, but that was a point of view. And uh, mm. but in Barcelona, they had some millions of spots, so the contest happened in some other spots, and uh, they don't really, uh, no one really knew about it. And uh, yeah, but uh, that's that a pretty funny, funny story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so this one is from Pierre André Sanizarg. We we talked about yeah. it earlier. He said, uh, "Why did you make this tribute board for for me? I'm just a regular skater. And what was your last pair of Edney's shoes?" My uh, last pair of ethnic shoes. You've been skating Nikes for a long uh, while, uh, now, right? Yeah, but I was uh, maybe 1995 or something like this, like uh, Sal Barbier okay. shoes. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, so uh, I made this tribute board because he's uh, not one of the uh, a single skateboarder. He's also like a skater own company and uh, the first one who start like a skate own company and uh, yeah, he's still going big and he's, he did some amazing stuff for uh, for skateboarding. So that's yeah. why I made this tribute board. Okay. All right. The other ones are audio, so I'll have you listen to them. Okay. I won't tell you who it is, uh, okay. so you can have the surprise. GG. So nowadays, uh, basically, the skateboarding industry is pretty connected on a global level. But back in the days, the European skate scene and the U.S. scene were pretty, basically, completely different and um, completely separate. Your brand cliche has always been very Euro-centric and uh, really focused on your local scenes and what you had going on but was there ever a time when you thought about moving to the u.s and yeah basically that's the question did you ever think about moving to the u.s and were you always confident about creating the same kind of vibe within the european skate scene because um, basically you're one of the uh the guys who kind of really pushed the skate scene there so yeah big ups to you man Hello, Lee. No, I, I never thought about moving to the U.S. And uh, but uh, for like uh, 20 years, I was going like two times a year in the U.S. for trade shows or to yeah. for, for skating, and uh, so I was going very often. But uh, the whole everything about um, cliche and film trucks, it's about staying in Europe and starting uh, like something here and have uh, some uh, money back to grow up the euro scene and everything and if i am confident with the euro scene uh, yes of course because right now one of the biggest companies is uh, made by uh, pontus alve in europe yep. and uh, and all the tasty company and tasty videos are coming from europe and so yeah nowadays europe is very important and uh, and with Instagram and all those videos, it, it, now it's not really where you come from also. It's also, yeah, the spirit yeah. behind and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's much more global. Yeah. yeah. All right, so next question. Hey, Jeremy. So you've been skating like a maniac for more than 35 years now. Obviously, you witness a lot of change in terms of tricks, board size and overall trends. So my question is, do you have a favorite era in skateboarding? And if yes, which one would it be? Did you recognize the voice? Or? No, sorry. It's er Eric Frenel. Oh, yeah, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, in English, it's, yeah. uh, it's harder. <laughs> so yeah, yeah but, uh, favorite era? No, as I told you, I'm not really nostalgic with skateboarding. And I thought every era were cool. But the thing with uh, nostalgia is you only pick up the, the best of it. So you don't uh, remember the, the bad uh, with those era. But uh, I think nowadays skateboarding is incredible. And I think tomorrow yeah. it will be even more uh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, I think we can end it here. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for seeing Merci. me. <laughs> That's it for my conversation with Jeremy Daclin. Go follow Jeremy on his different Instagram accounts at Jeremy Daclin, at Film Trucks, at Into the Wild Skateboards, and at Bonjour.Urethane. 
You can buy some of his gear on filmtrucks.fr, but better yet, ask your local skate shop if you can find some there. If you've never seen any cliché videos, go watch Europa, Bon Appetit, Freedom Fries, Hello Jojo, Bon Voyage, and all the other ones. And go check out some of the more recent videos Jeremy has put together for film trucks, such as Flamant Rose. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards. Beyond Boards.